With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bove and Sal Capaccio are going really deep. Talking Bills all year long. Because it's always game day in Buffalo. For the third consecutive season, the Buffalo Bills have gone into Arrowhead Stadium on the road in the regular season and picked up a win. What's going on, everybody? Special edition of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo here. Matt Bove, Sal Capaccio on the plane heading back to Buffalo now. I am sitting in my hotel room. I have to fly back super early in the morning, so Sal and I were not going to have time to connect in the morning. We wanted to make sure that we got you guys something immediately following the Bills. 20-17 to win against the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, this is a big one. The way I explained it after the game, it feels like this is a potentially season-saving win because... Even though we have spent a lot of time the last couple weeks talking about how we think they needed to get to 10 wins, it feels like those 10 wins needed to have a win against the Chiefs included there. The AFC conference record is something we'll talk about a little bit later on, but the Bills have not had the greatest season within the conference, and right now that is why there are still so many teams separating them. But a lot of good things happened for the Bills today, and obviously the biggest thing for them is that they were able to get a win. So how do we want to start this? We could go a couple different ways. We could talk about the offense. We could talk about the defense. Normally, we usually start with offense, but I'm actually going to go the other way. I'm going to go with the defense, and I'm going to give them credit because I have been very critical of Sean McDermott and this defense ability to close out games this season. And quite frankly, they have not been good enough. Before tonight, they had had the lead in the final two minutes of a game four times, and they had lost three of them. We saw it happen the last game they played against the Eagles. We saw it happen against the Broncos. We saw it happen against the Patriots. Well, tonight, guess what? They had another opportunity. This is something Sal and I literally talked about on the last podcast. Would you rather have the ball in your offense's hands or in the defense's hands? And guess what? The defense made a big play. 
of course, if you are a Chiefs fan, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but you will be complaining about the play that wiped out the unbelievable pitch from Travis Kelsey to Kadarius Toney that would have given the Chiefs a four-point lead late in the game. But here's my thing. It's a penalty. Just because the officiating has been terrible in the league does not mean that that play was not a penalty. It is very clearly a penalty. And if your gripe is that the referee did not notify Tony that he was past the ball on the line of scrimmage, Tony should have looked for that. And if you look at the replays, it does not look like he does. So I don't think it should be the referee's job to tell him like, hey, dude, you need to back up a foot. I think that's on him. I think that's just a bad, not heads up play from a guy, and it ultimately cost them. Sure, the Bills end up being massive beneficiaries here, but I don't understand the people throwing their hands in the air about this call because it was the right call. There were a lot of bad calls in this game. That was not one of them. That was the right call, but just because it wiped out this huge, crazy play, I think that's probably why people are so upset, and obviously they're upset too because the officiating has been a topic of conversation for really the entire season. It feels like it is as bad as it has ever been. Sorry, a little bit of a side rant there, but defensively, they got pressure at the end of the game. They were able to force Mahomes into making some bad plays. He had to throw it away on one where they got the pressure. Obviously, they had the penalty that moved them back the five yards. And it just sat there. And after a couple plays in the down, the drive, the Chiefs got it to about midfield. And at that point, I'm thinking to myself, uh-oh, like the Chiefs might win in regulation. I mean, obviously, they almost scored a touchdown on that play we were talking about. Not a, okay, the Bills are going to get them off of the field. So this is what happened. Let's go to the end of the play. So Tyler Bass kicks a 39-yard field goal. It is good. On the first play of the last drive, Patrick Mahomes passes short to Valdez Scantling for a seven-yard gain. They looked at that one. That was definitely a catch. Patrick Mahomes, deep right to Rasheed Rice, 19-yard gain. So at this point, they are now at midfield. They are at the 49-yard line. Patrick Mahomes throws an incomplete pass once again to Rasheed Rice. The next play on second and 10 was the one where the play did not happen. The you know the pass to Kelsey, he pitches it to Tony. They get called for the offensive offsides. Second and fifteen, pass incomplete. The pressure from Von Miller. The next play, pass incomplete, short left to Travis Kelsey. The pressure from Ed Oliver. There was a bunch of different guys swarming in on this one. Timeout from Kansas City. Timeout from Buffalo. Fourth and fifteen, the play that sealed the game. Patrick Mahomes pass incomplete deep right to Travis Kelsey, Leonard Floyd on the pressure. So I think that defensively, after giving up a couple big plays to start the drive, obviously they got some favorable field position there because they gave, they bumped him back five yards. They, of course, got the beneficiary or they benefited from that big penalty that you know wiped out the touchdown. But I think defensively in this game, the Chiefs had been averaging – 19.4 points a game in their last five games. And you held them under what they're averaging 
even though it has been such a topic of conversation for this team, really for the last several weeks. It feels like the Chiefs are going through what the Bills went through for those middle weeks of the season where the offense was just not nearly as productive as it needed to be. But you got to also consider the circumstances. The Chiefs are now only a game up on the Broncos on the AFC West. Patrick Mahomes, shout out to Joe Biscaglia for telling me this stat before the game. He told me that Patrick Mahomes, following a loss, was 14-2 prior to this game. So the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes do not lose back-to-back games. So it's a stacked deck against a team that still has... If he's the what I would say the best quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I think Josh might be the second best quarterback in the NFL, but Patrick Mahomes is in a tier of his own. So you're going against that guy on the road and you held them to 17 points. That is very impressive. I do not care that they were without their starting left tackle because it seems like it wasn't that big of a loss anyway, based off of all of the different conversations and all of the different things I've read about him struggling it felt like there was almost a little bit of excitement to see a new look there no Pacheco was of course big and that I think hurt the Chiefs but to their to you know the Bills credit they gave up a bunch of chunk plays early on the ground and then after that actually did a fairly good job so Clyde Edwards Alaire had 11 carries for 39 yards 3.5 yards a carry McKinnon was good he had 4.8 yards a carry on four and then Tony and Mahomes each had Eight, eight averaged eight yards to carry. So I think the defense deserves much of the credit, almost all of the credit in this game. And I think that it also means something for Sean McDermott, right? Like this was a very, very, very trying week for Sean McDermott. And whether you think he should be fired, whether you think that he's the reason this team is struggling, there's so many different layers to this. But it was very clear after the game that this one meant a little bit more to this team and that they really wanted to get it for him. I mean, if you don't believe what I'm saying, just go watch the video that the Bills account posted after the game of Brandon Bean saying that we've got our guys expletive back and the entire team coming together because it really was a tough week. I mean, it was such a tough week that we barely spent any time in the last several days actually talking about the football game. We were talking about all of the very serious allegations around Von Miller. We were talking about the article from Tyler Dunn on Sean McDermott and on the Bills and on if he's the right guy to lead this team moving forward. And then, of course, in that article were the comments about 9-11. On Thursday, Sean McDermott addressed those. He then again addressed those on Friday. It was a very big topic of conversation around the league. I mean, heck, it even made it on SNL on Saturday night. I'm sure many of you probably saw that clip circulating on social media. There were a lot of distractions this week. And for Sean McDermott and Sean McDermott's defense to be the reason why this team won and kept their playoff hopes alive, I think could give them a jolt for the rest of the season. I think they really do now have an outstanding chance at getting to where they are trying to go. So in closing with the defense, listen, it has not been good enough this year. There have been times when it has. I know the injuries are certainly part of this conversation, but tonight they really were the reason why this team won the game. I thought Taron Johnson had a nice game. I thought Christian Benford, who forced the fumble, that was a really nice play. It's a shame that A.J. Epinesa got hurt on the play after the first drive where he bats the ball and then intercepts it. That's a game-changing play. So defensively, they were good. 
they are going to have to do this again against an offense that is absolutely humming next week when they take on Dallas. Dallas put up 33 points against the Eagles. Dallas looks like right now what I would consider probably one of the top three teams in the league. I think it's Dallas. I think it's San Francisco. And then I think it's probably a couple different teams who are fighting for that third spot. But Dallas is legit. So this is a good step for the defense. And uh, we'll see if they can kind of continue this momentum moving forward into next week. All right, let's switch to the offensive side of the ball. Josh Allen was, I would say, good. I would not say great. I would not say bad. I think there was a couple plays that you would want back, but there were also some spectacular moments that I think only Josh Allen is capable of doing. The end of the game, though, is something that he deserves credit for. Once again, he led his team down the field to get points and put his team in position to win. So I want to make sure that I have this exactly right. So offense was not good in the second half. They were not moving the ball. This is the drive before they ended up kicking the field goal to go up 2017. So James Cook rushes for two yards. Josh Allen, deep pass on third and six. Or excuse me, I I missed a play. James Cook rushes, two yards, first down. Second down, James Cook rushes, two yards. So just like that. Six minutes left on the clock, seven minutes left, then 619 left. So it's third and six. Josh Allen, deep pass, Deontay Hardy, 25 yards. You go back and watch that replay, Josh Allen is flat, flat-footed. flat He's getting pressure up the middle, and he puts a perfect ball into Deontay Hardy, who makes a nice catch. It was a little bit contested. The defender was right there, and he brings in a nice catch. So that was huge because that brought them to Kansas City's 40-yard line. They flipped to the field, and then at that point, it was Ty Johnson, who has a seven-yard run. I thought another decent game from him, Latavius Murray, a one-yard run, and then once again, there was another third-down conversion. Josh Allen keeps it himself, rolls out to the right, gets a five-yard gain. So at that point, then things started to get sloppy. You had the Ty Johnson run for no gain, Josh Allen incomplete pass, then there was the penalty that gave them the automatic first down, and then there was the drop from Diggs. It's a whole nother thing. It felt like Diggs had a couple drops tonight. Um, Gabe Davis had a drop tonight. So those were self-inflicted wounds that they could have avoided. They could have probably ended this game a little bit more comfortably without even needing their defense if they just don't drop one of those balls. And they could have rolled the clock all the way to the end and kicked a game-winning field goal in the dying seconds. But I think at the end of the game when you needed him to, once again, Josh Allen made some big-time plays to kind of lift his team to victory. In the first half, I thought he was outstanding until the interception. I thought some of the passes to James Cook were perfect. I thought the touchdown was so well-designed by Joe Brady, but the pass itself was right over the defender, right into the breadbasket, an easy touchdown for James Cook. He had another really pretty one down the sideline. He had a couple plays that he extended. Obviously, the rushing touchdown where he's getting shoved into the end zone by the entire offensive line it's crazy that that's a quarterback and that he's able to get that extra yardage and do that and he was so fired up after that I know that's something people have talked about like hey what happened to that old Josh why is he not as fired up as he once was he was fired up after that play he certainly was things looked really good I mean they're up 14 nothing the killer was the interception because they're moving the ball it's on third down I know he's trying to make a play that was a bad throw to make. Now, 
I'm going to say this because I think this is true. That's a bad throw to make, but you also have to live with those throws because later in the game in the fourth quarter, he was literally two inches away from the sideline and going out of bounds, and he floats a perfect pass to Latavius Murray. I don't even know if Latavius Murray actually makes that catch, but the fact that he can throw that pass, that's what I always say. It's like you have to take the good and the bad with Josh Allen, and the good far outweighs the bad. That was a very costly mistake because it gave the Chiefs life. They marched down the field. They scored seven points. And just like that, it became a one-possession game after you dominated, dominated the entire first half. But really, besides that, there wasn't too many bad plays from Allen in this game. I mean, the numbers are not fantastic. It's 23 of 42, 233 a touchdown, and then he had another 32 on the ground and a touchdown. So by his standards, like that's a pretty ho-hum game. But... I still think sometimes we think about the Chiefs as the high-flying, high-powered offense team, not the team that has one of the best defenses in the NFL. So 20 points against the Chiefs is more impressive than, let's say, you know, 30 points against a lesser defense, just because of the way that you know that team is built. They've got a lot of really good players on their defensive side of the ball, and I think that was a big reason why the offense looked so lackadaisical in the second half. Lackadaisical might not be the right word. They just were not efficient. They could not contain the Chiefs' pass rush. They could not get anything going offensively so that's a little concerning because you know you're going to have a good defense that you play against again next week in Dallas but I do think that they were able to make the big plays at the big moments and to their credit that is something that's impressive so what about the playoffs now I will say we do not know we are recording this we me I am recording this on Sunday evening very very late There's still one game left to be played in the AFC. It's the Dolphins and the Titans. But for the sake of the conversation we're going to have, it really shouldn't impact anything. The only thing that would really change is that if Miami wins, I believe they leapfrog Baltimore and they become the one seed. But if Tennessee wins, which is a long shot anyway, they would still be way down the playoff standings. At the current moment, the Bills are in 11th place in the AFC which is mind-boggling. But what I will also say is they are tied with one, two, three, four, five, six different teams are seven and six. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day, your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car, navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So the difference for the Bills is essentially, if you look at it this way, they are one win away from being in sixth place or in fifth place. I mean, the teams they're chasing, the Cleveland Browns own the top spot outside of the divisions. So the fifth seed, they are eight and five. Then you've got the Steelers at seven and six. You've got the Colts at seven and six. And some of the teams that you're chasing, like Houston, did not look good in the game that they played against the Jets on Sunday. And C.J. Stroud got hurt. You wonder, what is the outlook like for that outlook for that team? You've got, obviously, the Bengals, who are playing with a backup quarterback. You've got 
the Colts, who lost to the Bengals and do not look as good. You've got Pittsburgh, who's also playing with a backup quarterback for the time being. So some of the teams you're chasing are going to go through it. And when you start to look at the schedule for the rest of the weeks, a lot of these teams still have to play each other. So the teams that are you're chasing, that's a good thing and a bad thing because it props up one team, but it also sinks another team. So like next weekend, the Steelers play the Colts. So one of those teams is going to fall to 7-7. Seven and seven. The Broncos are on the road to the Lions. And after the game the Lions just played, you would imagine that that's probably going to be a game they really need to have. The Browns at home against the Bears. Doesn't look like the same old Bears anymore. The Texans at the Titans. Game's a lot more interesting if C.J. Stroud isn't available. We shall see. So it's just one of those things where the Bills really do have a pretty good chance. I still think that with four games left, you need three, but I think that they're absolutely capable of that. So I just started playing around with the New York Times playoff predictor. There's a lot of different ones out there, but that's just the one that I think is the most user-friendly and easy to use. So what I can tell you is the Bills' chances of making the playoffs as of 11.22 p.m. on Sunday evening are now 42%, so they are going in the right direction. If you individually start to look at their games, if they lose to the Cowboys and win their last three games, which I'm not like saying they can't beat the Cowboys or anything like that, they have about a 70% chance of making the playoffs because their last three games all against AFC opponents, the Cowboys the only NFC opponent left on the schedule, Even though it's a very big game for the playoffs, it's not quite as big as the Chargers, the Patriots, and obviously the Dolphins at the end of the season. So once again, if you get to 10 wins, I think you're in no matter what. But if you win the three games against the AFC, those numbers are, you know, pretty stark. And if you win out, you're in, no questions asked. But, it, I mean, they have really made it interesting. And I really do think that if you look at all of the teams that are currently kind of in the race for the playoffs, the Bills are the best team. The Bills are the most dangerous team. The Bills are the most complete team. And it is just kind of frustrating when you look at how the season has played out that if they have one more win their outlook looks completely different. Then they are within striking distance of the Dolphins, and they are comfortably in the playoff race, and they, you know, at the, the fifth seed, if you just don't blow a game against the Patriots, so you don't blow a game against the Broncos. And, like, to Denver's credit, they've bounced back. They're 7-6. and six. Like, that's impressive. But you want to talk about a really t- – well, actually, Denver doesn't have the craziest end-of-season schedule. They play Detroit next week, and then after that, it's Patriots, Chargers, Raiders. So of the teams that are kind of in the mix, they might have the most favorable schedule. Houston has the Titans twice, the Browns, and the Colts. So not amazing there. The Steelers are the team that I think is really just going to fall off. They play the Colts, the Bengals, the Seahawks, and the Ravens. So good luck, especially if you're without your starting quarterback. So, yeah, listen, this is a I cannot overstate this enough. This is a huge win because I also think what it does is it keeps you in the race no matter what for another two weeks. Because even if you go and you lose at home to Dallas, which is very possible, Dallas is really, really good. You should still be in it if you win out your last three games. Like, you should still very much be in the mix. 
It's going to be tough. It's, I mean, the math tells us it's only a 42% chance. And Miami is probably not sitting people at the end of the season because they're probably playing for the one, the first overall seed. They are probably, it's probably a meaningful game. So that game, I think if you rank them, the Cowboys is the hardest, the Dolphins is the second hardest, and then after that it's probably Chargers, Patriots. Although I will say if the Chargers do not have Justin Herbert, then that changes everything. I admittedly have not looked and seen if that's an injury that looks like it's going to be long-term or if that's going to be something that's a little bit shorter. Same thing with C.J. Stroud. I don't know how much time he's going to miss. But what I do know is that this was a season-saving win for the Buffalo Bills. And even though it was a little too close for comfort and it came down to the wire and they had a 14-point lead, none of that matters to me. You went on the road at Arrowhead against Patrick Mahomes and you beat him and you gave yourself a chance at making the playoffs. So I just wanted to make sure that we had something for you guys in the morning. We will absolutely touch base again within the next couple days. I know Sal is probably already back in Buffalo. Lucky him. I am doing this and getting ready to wake up in four hours, three and a half hours to head to the airport and start heading back to Buffalo. But the Bills win 20-17. to 17. They improved to 7-6 and six on the season. They now have a much, much better chance at making the playoffs. And uh, yeah, things are about to get fun. Hope you all had a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys soon.